Hello, hello everybody, and welcome to the LGL Officially Unofficial Podcast Season 2. Technically, it's episode 17, so we're going to go with episode 17, because 16 is going to be the extra cast, which we haven't announced. It's a brand new project. It's because I forgot to put the podcast out on time, and now we're recording the next one. So don't think too much about it. Just go with it, ladies and gentlemen. I will be one of your three co-hosts for today's podcast of the LGLOU. I am Alex, otherwise known as Lexi Burmas, one on the internet. I have got right next to me, at least in OBS Ninja, the lovable Alex Nymera Habgood. Welcome, Alex, to the show. That's me. I mean, I'm on the other side, like, on, on the show. You can, you, but, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, great to be here once again. Had an extended break, and we're back for this episode. <laughs> and the supreme play-by-play caster, as he loves to call himself, yeah. I'm sure, in his sleep. I, um, I it is Samuel Initialize Habgood. Welcome, as always, Sam. Bow down. Behold my incredible talent as a play-by-play caster. And also, as it turns out, as an LJL expert here on the show. I mean, you, do, do we need to get you play-by-play supreme merch at some yes. point? Yes. Well, it would help, you know, just so I don't have to keep identifying myself. It's really important people know exactly who and what I am, you know? Well, what, what is this podcast that you are on, Samuel? It's what about showing how great I am uh, as an adolescent in play-by-play cast. We've just been over this. Uh, no, jokes and, and minor ego Out. trips aside. <laughs> For God's sake. Uh, this is a show talking about the LJL and all things involved with that region in English. And at the minute, a bit of MSI stuff. And Nymera, do we have any affiliation with Riot Games or any of their partners and such? No, we don't. Uh, we are completely doing this off of our own backs because we thought that the LGL deserves some English content um, to bring it to the English-speaking word because, world because this region is fun. And apparently, it's not quite as bad as some people thought. Definitely is not. As always, these are our own views and opinions and do not represent the LJL OU as a brand, nor do we represent anything else. We are just four of three lads here. Uh, just... Just talking about Japanese League of Legends. As always, you can find our own social medias. That's at Marswan for me. That's at Initialize in the middle. And that's at Nymera on the other side. You can also find out LJL unofficial for our Twitter. LJL officially, LJL underscore officially underscore unofficial for the Twitch. And you can find this podcast on all audio streaming platforms as well. Lexi, dude, your mic is peaking all the time. It's going all oh, over what the place. Just, I, just did with that was some impressive I, stuff. It was like, it was normal. And then suddenly in Calibre Robot. If anyone was sleeping in chat, they They're are not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I did realize because my partner was behind me chatting, I decided to put on Discord noise suppression. And ah. now. So uh, that should fix the issue there. Noise suppression makes me peak. Um, gentlemen, this episode of the podcast will be recapping all of MSI because uh, episode 16 slash the extra cast, as I'm calling it right at this moment. Um, we only talked about the very first day of mm. MSI for DFM. Yep. Um, we then since did a few more days of coverage and then realized, hmm, probably should just do an overview one because there's no time to really do a podcast in between because it's pretty awkward and time-wise. So we're going to be doing a full overview of MSI, our thoughts and opinions. Obviously, 
centering around more DFM as yeah. it is kind of well, our it's, it's it's kind of this, so this isn't obviously post tournament in regards of yeah. MSI has finished and there's a chance that actually yes. we change our views with that say if Damon wins and C9 also get through to the semi-finals or something like that then there's actually a chance that we'll we end a lot up revising revising our predictions of this group and the same other way right if they end up mm. bombing out groups there's another way to do that but for now this is the LGL post tournament this is kind of fresh off the the stinging pain and kind of recollecting our thoughts We've got a lot to cover here, yeah. gentlemen. Uh, there's a lot of games that DFM played um, out there. For anyone also new to our podcast, thank you. Welcome for joining us. We will now be streaming all of our podcast recording live over on Twitch. So if you do want to catch us live, make sure to go over to Twitch. Hit that follow button. Make sure you've got the notifications on. Uh, and if you're on YouTube, like comment and nymera subscribe just do all yeah got it stuff. there we go right. we've trained him up there we go good at this now Look, he might be an ljl expert but he's not a youtube algorithm expert yet lexi oh, that's sake. still just your domain you know <laughs> okay okay i'm okay with this <laughs> that's, that's, uh, i've yeah. got to i've got to keep <laughs> some form of expertise only by or he's just gonna overtake everything <laughs> yeah, very much. Well, that's why we've just recently been doing some hiring because that's uh, how much our powers had Absolutely. combined. Um, and we will be hopefully soon announcing. Yeah. I'm hopeful Indeed. next podcast we get to announce yes. the whole team. That would be great. Yeah, um, I was about to say, like, this is the last podcast you'll have with like just us three being the official crew. And I know yeah. we're stalling for time. It's partly because it's very painful, and we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, I, we're, I love we're, how we're sort of skirting around the issue. Yeah, we're, talking we're, about we're anything kind of like, that isn't slowly, the pure pain. We have to go through. circling the plug hole before going down the drain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we've 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 had the real pleasure and learning experience of interviewing a whole lot of people who we applied for roles that we wanted onto our team going into next split mm. to improve our products, and it has been a really good experience but we will get to that Indeed. next week big changes are in coming uh especially with the introduction this is probably maybe the last time you'll ever hear the introduction as it currently was depending on if we do another few episodes or if we actually go on our break um we haven't quite decided that and i'm being very honest with the people out there we'll because out. we will um as nimera was obviously hinting towards earlier if the end of MSI goes completely differently and we might uh, have stuff with scene nine and damn one, we, might have another we definitely will. Yeah. See, um, look how good we were. <laughs> basically. Or, or, oh no, maybe we're nowhere near as good as we thought. Yeah, once, once Pentanet takes down, you know, that's everyone, it. That's, that's it. Brings Osland I mean, to reality. That's... I mean, we've already got one of their players, or one of the players from that region with Corporal, so uh, maybe maybe we just have to get more more talent. Um, gentlemen, let's do it. Let's go. DFM ended going two and four. They failed to move to the Rumble stage, but let's be real. This was an incredible performance and I'll, I'll lit the, on the, the League of Legends eSport world on fire no one ever i like coming in i think we were the only ones really championing championing the ljl outside of vedi and maybe a few random people we had talked to um monte cristo i think could join that crew with thorin as well as uh nymera you had done some work yeah. to bring them over them. to our side <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean i'll deal there right yeah because the, there was our... yeah so come it's before we jump in like i, I want to give it because alex is obviously like put a lot of mm. thought into this and i'm sure you so like I, I don't want to give him the space to really get in a bit deep but i think generally speaking from us behind the scenes we were 
pretty tempered in our expectations purely because uh, just context wise obviously v3 last year did not live up to the expectations oh we had such up. high expectations uh, uh, um we were a little bit afraid that was going to happen again it's not the first time the ljl has been hyped either by us or by other experts and obviously like Vedi, as we said has, has had moments beforehand saying you know these guys look legit and then they just don't turn up and that's happened quite a few times and this is the first time i feel like not only is the D the team this case dfm which has kind of been a regular thing actually mm-hmm. turned up but actually actually delivered beyond what we expected especially considering there were yeah bigger weaknesses in a lot of ways than than in some previous rosters i mean a lot bigger strengths in some ways as well but I'm really proud of the guys. They turned up and played better than we necessarily had a right to expect. Yeah. I mean, for, from my own perspective, um, talking to, you know, obviously going on some insight and, and talking there, and then a couple of other people that asked all three of us or, or as individually. Um, Big we were basically going into this tournament thinking it's probably a coin flip between third and fourth. We thought that the LLA was going to be... Well, this team in particular, we thought they might have a stylistic advantage versus us, being able to crush through the TV2 with um, White Lotus mm-hmm. and Ackerman. And White Lotus and Ackerman had a really it's good group stage, actually. The rest mm-hmm. of the team was where things kind of fell apart. Um, and after the first game, we were kind of sat there like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yes. We're definitely, we're definitely <laughs> yes. heading towards the sniping the third place. kind of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, God. It's going to yeah. be still an yeah. versus the world. <laughs> yeah. Felt um, it. And, and of course, like, we're, yeah, and we're, I'm sure we'll get into some individual moments with that later. But considering that we we did temper expectations and said, look at that third place. And actually, we were looking towards second place. That has very much given us something to take back into mm. summer, and say, summer and say, OK, LGL, you now have a team which can compete with some of the very best teams of the world, actually, as we saw in a couple yeah. of these games. What does that mean for the region? What can these other teams do to contest DFM now? Is it just going to be a DFM taking this leveling up and then leaving everyone else in the dust, which there's there's definitely a chance of that. Or is the region no. going to learn from that as a whole? I mean, I mean, there's a lot of options there. I mean, the region itself has never seen this kind of level of success, really. And it, and it is weird to while, say no. because we didn't get out of the group. But the fact that we beat C9, the fact that we beat Infinity, and well, as we wanted to as well, especially on our on our mm. second run around and how strong we had looked, and the fact that we had looked so strong against Dan One, I there was no way like our expectations coming into this were pretty low because of V3. We had very high hopes for summer V3. We had our concerns if certain things happened. The rookie problem definitely showcased itself in V3. Outside of game number one, honestly, for DFM, pretty, pretty good, good showing overall. Yeah, yeah, really I mean, true. I, you could you could say the same. Yeah, so I mean, there were the two, the second the second round robin obviously was a great game versus Infinity, and we kind of flip flops in terms of the C9 DFM games as well. So we kind of ended up. Mm. It's kind of, if we did pick up that first win versus Down One. Obviously, things look very different. Maybe we get ourselves a tiebreaker. But effectively, to me, it does kind of feel like a 1-1 versus every team, uh, even though we did pick up that loss, sadly, versus down one. And that is not what I would have expected. I would have expected us to be poor in the first round, Robin, and snipe a win maybe off a C9 in the second round, Robin. Mm. um, Turned out to be the other way around. 
But yeah, yeah so I, I mean, think... the, the, the one thing is, the one thing I'll say about this is just the mentality and the psychology of this is because we started off on a high after taking that win off of C9 and having a really good game versus down one. It just hurts because we had that hope that we could reprise that performance in the second round, Robin. As it so often happens with a minor region team coming into international events, though, I think actually even UOL um, last year it was playing. So they had the plans really well in the group stage. They kind of, that was all they had in Bombed. the tank. That was kind of all they had in the tank. We saw the same with DFM, really. We kind of... It, they kind of ran out of steam in that second round, Robin, and sadly that was where things will end for us. But but if you have that the other way around, where you have those second round Robin games in the first half, and then oh, uh, even though the I Infinity mean, game was really I, good, I I might even disagree with you there because I mm. think DFM mm. looked relatively stable through both weeks actually, and I think they probably did They'd, have more in yeah, the tank. I mean, I would just say, that, and I I don't think that's I think that's a wrong statement to make, and I will also say that like. The game versus Infinity was probably the cleanest game we saw out of them flat out. And I think they look better oh, on I agree that front. I th- and I think, well, we'll probably talk on these later, but I think the cloud, not the second Cloud9 game was, uh, there were a couple of things going in there, but I think particularly the, the levels, the early level one jungle invade stuff got really weird. And the sort of setup top lane, which was kind of absolutely fell on their face because of how things, weird things got in the jungle. And on top of that, you know, because when things started snowballing away, D- dfm didn't write the ship that well and that that's on them as well but you know like there are other uh mitigating factors in there and hell honestly no, versus down one i like i actually think that was another pretty strong game they just didn't get quite as far as ahead they did in the first time so i will actually put my foot down and say i, I don't think that's fair to say they did okay have so in terms of saying the, they have more, more in the yeah. tank i think that's not entirely fair so i think the more more in the tank thing <laughs> for me it came with and this will be a thing that we will have to talk about in more detail at some point just in terms of the inflexibility of some of their drafts it feels like they'd found success with a couple of things being held down and when they had to move around from that um particularly with steel for me when he wasn't on the ud it felt like the team wasn't as practiced with that i don't think it's the fault of steel himself uh but for me it felt in the second round robin that's kind of where the steam ran out uh, i mean i think dfm was I... completely fine um i i don't think i'll, I'll think be honest fine. i'm a bit in between you both um I'm not completely sure the gas wasn't close to being empty. Like the tank could have been yeah. almost on fumes, but I also couldn't see a world where actually we were just playing at the exact same level and C9, yeah. especially, I think it's better to highlight C9 turned up and actually woke the fuck up. They yes, were snoozing time. for three games. They should have lost to us. They should have, but why should I? They lost us well, the first round. They could have, they could have definitely lost to us a second time round if they hadn't woken up, especially to the level they needed to. Um, well played, honestly, to them. Like mm, they, yeah, they, they needed that. They needed to wake up because if they didn't wake up, and it's a little bit of sweet for us, um, we would have gotten through. Yeah, there was, I think like, so. Like, I mean, like that. That's that's what makes this almost harder, right? Is actually we came in with relatively low expectations, saying, look. We want to get some experience on these players. We want certain players to actually have a good showing. So actually, on the international stage, it was important that mm. Ebby and Steele looked good as you know the veterans on the team. We wanted Aria to get some get some grounding and be okay. You know, get 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 his get himself blooded. But we saying, oh, Kazu could be problematic. That's going to make Utapon's job really hard. You know, all this stuff. And actually, I, I generally think pretty much everyone performed at or above expectations, considering what the lower and what, what the kind of median yeah, was i'll, I'll say outside of outside that. of aria's hmm. first game where he looked a bit shoddy he had a pretty strong performance I, I think maybe he was a little quiet in terms of he wasn't as aggressively roaming around the map to get as involved as we might have liked but on the other hand dfm were also 
with a very topside focused game plan that was all about Ebby getting ahead and that worked for them actually largely because most other teams there are a lot more levels really not that, yeah. top side pro yeah exactly i mean I'm, I'm very much generalizing but you know you know dfm were quite top side focused and they made that work as well so like there were lots of things i like, go oh, hey you pulled you, your veteran players that were supposed to be good looked pretty good your newbie superstar in the mid lane outside of one rough game also looked pretty decent kazu wasn't as much of a liability in game as perhaps he could have been i mean still you know wasn't perfect and in the losses he had a tough time but that's all great stuff I, I absolutely agree. I think all the players at DFM should be proud of themselves. They should be okay. walking away from this tournament with their heads held high. Uh, one, they've represented Japan far better than almost anybody else has ever represented Japan. I'd agree. And these, mm -hmm. these are all players that I would very much associate with Detonation Folks Me and Japanese League of Legends. So I think these are all great candidates. Um, obviously, though, something... Uh, we will at least have to think about, especially come after summer, is the performance of DFM now on an international stage to this level. Other eyes might now be looking at oh, these players. Not this. Not this. It's oh, got to be a conversation. Our to top side about. of the map. <laughs> like, where is Ebby going? Where's Steel going? Where's Arya going? Where's Utapon going? Where's Gang going? Like, so, yeah. I mean, I thought that after 2020, Arya could go to mm, Challenger's career. I think now with this international performance where he managed to pull off. Pulling off LeBlanc on the international stage is actually quite difficult. Quite difficult. Um, mm -hmm. you, know, you know the play now? Sorry to cut you off. Absolutely you know the play now? Send the whole detonation focus me lineup into Challenger's career. <laughs> Say, fuck it. They can do that. See, two import so, rolls. Oh, two import Three well. Koreans. So, oh, no. Enough, back, in, back in 2014, oh. um, what happened with... Well, so what happened with the LJL is that if you came first in your LJL split, I think it was in the grand finals, you actually qualified through to NLB, the Korean tournament. And DFM... Oh, wow, yeah. DFM oh that's have, right. DFM have actually, have actually competed in Korea once before in LB 2014... Summer. I remember us looking this shit up, Alex. Yeah. Now, yeah, wow. yeah, and they went I out first. They, about that. They, they went out first round. It was in the gold league, not the diamond league, or whatever it, was it is. Bad. Like, yeah, it, and, and they did get a bit stomped on, as you would expect. But still, it, I mean, just funny the links that have been laid down there um, over a couple of years. But yes, I mean, looking at this now, I we have always said, and if you go back and look at some of our earlier podcast episodes from last year, particularly when we were filling time between spring and summer, uh, no, it was actually between the spring playoffs because that was when COVID hit first, like an absolute sledgehammer, and we had like a four-week yep. break. Um, what we ended up doing was doing some really deep dives on some questions we thought might be quite interesting, and looking back at them now, they now hold even more weight because one of those questions was of the players we in the LJL, fucking five brain. Yeah, of of the of the players who are in the LJL right now, who could be imported realistically? And basically, our our eyes were on actually at that time it was like blank period again because they were just they were performing quite well, the Korean nationals, but particularly Arya, Ebi, and Utapon. Those three yeah. are the ones we're like. These guys can hold their own in lane against international competition. Yeah. We have seen that now on the international stage versus down one and versus C9 and versus Infinity. You were actually, and again, like you can say, Infinity, oh, they're another wildcard team. They have a really good bot lane. Um, yeah. And the fact that Utapod and. This is the team that beat Boogie. Like... Exactly, yeah. And, and Boogie, Boogie, we know, is kind of solo carried, solo carried V3 to. Well, not solo carried, but like was the him, driving, him and Reiner had the driving a, uh, force of V3 becoming pairing. summer 2020 champions. So. Now we sit, have this question of okay, they've just pushed down one, they've taken a game off the C9. Yes, the second game against them was not what we want to see from them. 
we now have to start questioning does dfm have the kind of like the the social capital almost to keep them tied to their team because dfm is mm. a team that has commanded quite a lot it has was well, commanded quite a lot of lo loyalty and, and respect before right in uh, the region dfm mm -hmm. are the team that you want to stay on the team that you want to be on it's a real and so the question is, is that enough to then persuade someone like Arya to stay here for another season? I'd imagine he'll stay until after Worlds, but the question is after that, does then DFM yeah, have to look for someone else in that mid lane um, because they've I mean, got players leaving? To jump in here before we do yeah, disappear as well, off to another topic. I mean, like, Ebby could potentially get important. We know Ebby has had international, had international offers. offers. Apparently he's declined them before. Yeah, exactly. And a part of that, I will say, is... is um. Probably often a cultural enough. thing, particularly because mm. is, is is a natural Japanese. He is a Japanese citizen, rather is the way to phrase that. Um, as is Utapon, exactly. Uh, the, mm. the rest of the team largely is Korean imports at this point, uh, though they've been in largely in Japan for many, many, many years now. So you know, it, yes. it's it's one of those interesting situations on that front. But um, moving abroad is often quite tricky uh if you're japanese because the cultures are so wildly so different. different to a lot of other places well there's actually uh, a condition is, like, so, so isn't there a, it's, it's, isn't there a phenomenon which is like the um the, pa the paris oh, syndrome or something like that that's where, where, specific where, where, with yeah. paris yep. yeah um, very big that, that, for that, japanese people which which is specifically around uh, a phenomenon found with with certain japanese tourists and people going to paris and realizing that paris isn't as perfect as it seems in all the movies and settings and actually you know in summer the drains smell like in all european cities you know big old european cities yep, yep. and there's graffiti and there's trash still uh, and that and kind of, that that kind of dissonance the is a really and, big difference. exactly yeah. and, and of course it's still amazingly gorgeous place you go to the louvre oh, you fantastic. go to the eiffel tower you, Ooh, you yeah, have the catacombs and you go this is an incredible space but like it, it's not as perfect as you might want to think and that hits particularly japanese people interestingly quite hard on top of that as well it's like a lot of Japanese people don't generally travel abroad that much on holiday because they unless it's to Hawaii, they only go to well. Hawaii right? and exactly again, and, and mm. that's partly why a lot of English teaching is you know even English literacy is in, in a weird space in Japan mm. because um, you actually don't go abroad and practice that or rather well, like not even not even well not, not not specifically that more that actually like reading and writing skills are pretty high but actual speaking of it of the, oh, of the, the practice language element is, of it yeah it is is not as is not as comfortable purely well, I mean, well and this is specifically because. Um, Actually, um, there is a, there is a kind of culture around if it's not perfect, it's not it's not done at all. And a problem with language is you you don't get to just jump from not good to perfect. There's this kind of bit in between where you just have to be bad mm. for a while, but you still have to go out and speak it anyway. In, particularly with speaking, in the and words. that's just not a, that's just not a part of of in, the culture in, in some the ways. And that does mean that tra people traveling abroad is just not as common. In the in the famous line from Adventure Time, sucking at something is the first step to being sort of okay at something. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And things are like, I mean, for uh, instance, like when I was doing I, my GCSEs, like I, I was actually I could hold a conversation in Spanish. Yeah. Um, I have basically remembered three lines of Spanish, none of which are yep. any sensical. I've basically remembered nope. joke phrases. Like that's what I've ended up doing because I have not I've not practiced that. I've not I, I'm not surrounded by Spanish speakers, nor have I actually gone out to like to, to seek them out either. So a lot of that, of course, it's on me, right? But still, yep. not being in that environment does kind of. So anyway, this kind of all loops oh, back I mean, into like, the whole. Uh, uh, this does loop. This does loop back into the whole. Um, Japanese people going abroad in terms of actually going for work as well, going for work, and, and particularly in Thank league you. where communication is such a huge aspect, mm -hmm. it would be somewhat difficult for some players in the LGL to do that. I'd imagine there are some expert, um, you know, yeah. some some um, exceptions to that rule, though. Yeah. 
and again, I'm aware we took on a bit of a tangent there, and it's partly why things like university entrance exams have changed since 2018. I think uh-huh. be, basically, specifically, or rather, they were changing it so the guys who were going out, so it wouldn't be 2018, it would have been like, oh, my super, there was the guys I was teaching who would have been coming out of middle school would have been the first people to do it. So actually, probably around this year, last year, actually, it's probably when it come through, where they put a bigger emphasis on going into uni about being able to speak and listen to English stuff, which was just not a deal in uni entrance exams before, and now it is, which is a um, mm-hmm. fairly big deal on that front. Uh, but that wasn't the tangent I meant to go on, so I'll be really quick on the one I did mean to go on. We can move on. Okay. Sorry. About um, the players. Yeah, specifically saying, so actually, like, actually, the, there is a world where these guys could get picked up. They've been very, very good for a long time. Um, there are some caveats saying, well, maybe they want to stay because of, you know, actually being more comfortable in Japan at this point, because it is such a, a, a particular culture where things like even the alphabet's different, right? Like hiragana, katakana, kanji, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have as much sort of Roman alphabets everywhere. Um, but people like Utapon and stuff are just really good games. Like, we were having this conversation before, I think it was the On other the day when we were live here, yeah. and we were sort of saying, yeah, like, Unipon yeah. is the best Overwatch player in Japan. He's global elite in CSGO. He is uh, radiant in Valorant. He's challenger in Korea and Japan. And has been since like, he's been three. Pl- yeah, he's played every role apart from mid lane competitively in League and of Legends. And the only reason he's not played mid is because he's literally <laughs> so been with the Emperor the whole of his career. So, like, like, there is just, like, nothing this guy isn't good at. And we've been saying, like, yeah, okay, Ebby had a great showing on International Stage. He's had it a few times when he's been on International Stage. Like, the guy's solo killed most big top laners. We've talked about Arya. Steel had a good tournament. And I say, like, yeah, just remember Utapon when he's not laning with a coach. It's like really, really good at like everything as well. So maybe some of these guys are definitely getting offers, but his, his it's gonna posh- be a, it's gonna be a bit of a pull between wanting to stay in Japan for the culture stuff. Uh, DFM's a great organization, but also like there's some talent there worth thinking about. Mm. There's a payday also. I don't know how much these guys are on. I have ideas on what it is on like the higher end. I believe yeah. Ebby is normally regarded as the most play uh, most well-paid it's not player in money. the LJL. Uh, it's but it's nowhere money. near that. It's 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 at the upper echelons of a few k a few hundred k. Um like but like mid-tier LCK team maybe not a bad shout. Oh it's low it's more like Astralis level pay. Well no which so, is I mean, still so, good so, in so the for, in, for in the, the grand D- scale for the, of things. The DFM guys but... I mean we we had some words okay. that you know it is it is into triple figures. Um, yeah, no, it's like a hundred. It's like a hundred. Hundred and fifty like... is what we're hearing from from you know like the top end teams. But then that doesn't. It's kind of like you know when C nine had like that was it equity and stuff like that kind of factored into yeah. it too. So like they might be lower uh, lower salaries, but more in terms of outside deals. And actually, a lot of where players can get a lot of money from is from uh, personal sponsorships, sponsorships and, and stuff like that. So Bjergsen yeah. and Doublelift were huge on that in terms of Red Bull and athletes and stuff like that. Anyway, we've gone oh, down a really big rabbit hole. We've gone down a really yeah, we've gone down yeah, a really big rabbit hole. Yeah, took us down a bit of a rabbit hole. It was an interesting rabbit no, hole, but one. it was it's a good rabbit one. hole. But, I mean, <laughs> should we should we move it, back it is on a track? Ge- yeah, but it's a genuine conversation around obviously the players that we have in the region at this point in time. Um, and destination focus me. Um, if they don't go, potentially there could be a grade or a replacement service which just isn't going to be there for maybe some of the lower level teams where they're yeah. just like, ooh, Mujin. That seems like a really good player, and we're like, we just got no, okay. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then we're like, and we we keep going. Oh, Kinatsu, a promising young Japanese player, uh, and no, yep. and he's gone. And like, with that, that's the concern, that's the worry. But we will definitely have to wait and see, gentlemen. Let's move on to uh, our second main topic, which is um, 
Well, it's C9 in their second round robin because, frankly, we need to give credit to C9. They, one, woke up, as I've already mentioned before, but two, that game number two, for us, oh, man. Yeah. The emotions that we felt for that viewing. So, like, uh, it was a big one because I... Alex has definitely had. We 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 kind of discussed some pretty long conversations about this. Yeah, the thing is that there are a lot of moving pieces, and we'll obviously from our different perspectives on the game, we're going to focus on different things and think this Mm -hmm. game was solved here, game was solved there. I think we kind of understand where it fell apart. We just think it fell apart in slightly different ways, right? Yeah, and that's basically. But I mean, like the setup was great because at this point, it's like this game pretty much decides who gets out of the group because if DFM had won this. Uh, they would have the two and zero head to head versus Cloud Nine, and even if they dropped it down, it, it, it would have got tie. So exactly, this this would have been this was the word this was them to get out of group. So the fact they had they, they were in that position with their fates in their own hands was amazing. It, it was just really unfortunate the way the the game played out um, when we got in, and like I know Al had his own thoughts about stuff, mm. but like it, the thing is, I'm I'm a little bit sad in some ways specifically because I don't think we ever got to see. DFM's comp play from an even footing, or even from from or even from or from the the win condition it was supposed to have, because of how weird the early jungle start was, and how the the top lane dive that was set up never got to come through, and loads of other stuff. Um, and I think Vedi did a fantastic breakdown at the end of the game as well, just saying, "Yo, this level one yeah. really screwed DFM." Yeah, because effectively, for those of you, well, I'm sure most of you have watched the game at this point, but effectively, what happened was if you haven't, um, go fucking watch go, it. Go watch it's it and go game. watch our reaction. Well, to it because, it's sad. Yeah, because <laughs> effectively, what what DFM have been doing is using Arya Zoe to get very early lane push and mid prio to help um, make an early play around something like Scuttles or something like a lane. So they did that to deny Scuttle from Blabber um, and get a good Blabber um, Scuttle fight in their first game versus them, and that obviously snowballed the game. Versus down one with the game, the first one, where they actually very nearly won, they did that to upset top lane. And in this game, they were trying probably to upset top lane again, because they had set into Sion, who can zone off the first four waves, uh, first three or four waves, which is exactly what Ebi ended up doing. Um, but what you need to do against a Scion after you have a stacked wave hitting turret, well, what against the top lane that you've zoned off of CS and you have like level three to level one and you've got a jungler that's done like a full clear and has hit level level three, level four, oh. is you mm. need to dive. Mm-hmm. You need to dive. But the problem is with the Scion is even if you get the kill, he gets his passive and he gets to clear the wave anyway because at early levels, Scion, if he's hitting a target, will out DPS and out heal pretty much all kind of damage that you have after you've used your cooldowns to actually kill him when he's when he's still alive. So you don't get to deny him the wave, this massive stacked wave, and, you just ver- and then he has to back and get something like um, a Bramble Vest or something like that too. And then effectively, the laning phase for set becomes very, very difficult. This is compounded by DFM for a couple of things. They use their mid-prior to get a kill onto... Um, onto Blabber, which is start, really yeah. good in some ways, but the problem is... In the early game, your recall, your your death timer is actually not too dissimilar to something like a recall timer. Morgana isn't slowed, is slowed, but it doesn't. What it means is that because Steel hasn't done a full clear, hasn't got up to level three, level four, Rumble is already not great at diving early game. Um, and it meant that they couldn't pull off anything top. They get top scuttle, but then the crashed wave goes towards the sun. They get st- um, Bramble Vest, they get Steel Caps after a while too. And Ebby has already missed out a lot of CS because he's um, had to basically deny XP by kind of staying off of that too. And then what that ends up meaning is that you've not... Sion is into the game. Set is becoming a bit of a non-factor at that point. And you've not really managed to do anything with that lead you meant to have in topside. 
And for me, yeah, that's where things started falling apart. There were some other factors to it. I mean, for instance, for me, I think that was a better Nidalee game than it was a Rumble game, if that's your technique, because you need someone who can dive early. Something like a Lilia is not awful too, but you need something that can mm. bring that early damage. Right. And we know that Steel plays I, that, but for me... Yeah, and, 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 that, again, I and then it ends I up getting compounded hate by the, the Rumble there. I don't, I don't, like, I really I don't, don't. hate it, but... I the, just, I don't hate it, but you need something that is better at diving early if that's your real ace in the whole technique where the siren just becomes a non-factor. I mean, another I think, thing I with... Another I thing with the, that too is that often you want to bring your mid laner to, to dive as well, and Arya used that pressure he had early to go kill Blabber. We saw him do that on the Renekton, actually, versus Infinity in the first game. That's what they use the Renekton for. Renekton mm. mid, pushes out, and ends up yeah, diving. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll also say, like, actually, you'll notice that this was the game where Arya didn't run Teleport or Spellbook on Zoe and goes to the Electrocute and the Ignite, when actually the Teleport would have meant he could have potentially gone top a bit more easily. And that, and I, get, I know it got him, like, a kill, but, like, I wonder whether that... It gives you lane pressure versus easier. the Yono. You don't out-trade Yono that easily as a mage. You kind yeah, of need that. that. And again, I know you said you liked the Yono and so I thought that was a really good oh, pick yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, the, I mean, the Yono pick is really good from C9. But, like, again, I actually think the Rumble is absolutely fine here. I think you... But with the set there, you get the dive off pretty easy anyway, and you can just, like... You do you? Just like do you get the, the, do you yeah. get the dive off really easily? I don't think you I do. think you probably do. I think you do. Do you get, do you get to kill him so. before he clears the wave? I don't think so. I think you might if you... As long as you pull off the Facebreaker well enough. Anyway, I, like... But that's that, used to kill him think, the first time. But I'll, but I'll also say we never got to kind of find out in-game because of how things... Um, kind of played out from the first clear because i mean like the part of the thing which really screwed steel over is he kills blabber then he goes to try and steal blabber's ray uh raptors only gets some of them and has to back away doesn't manage to clear his wolf which is still up there still level one and that means half of his blue side jungle isn't clear properly then he's late clearing through his top side which means the wave crashes and rather than getting a level one scion that's going to get very little done on the dive it would have been a level four rumble a level three set and a level one scion no but rumble wasn't go getting that because they Use that time to get a kill, which isn't actually as good. Well, exactly. Well, which, 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 well, that's part of my point. It's actually that, but that kill as well meant that he wasn't there to play off the game plan, which would have meant that then Sion uh, loses a lot of experience, which is more of a deal. Uh, and that's part of the reason why that dive would normally work so much better. Is that that's just a lot more in terms of mm. like the, the level discrepancy. I, I think a big deal. Either I, way, I've got a very you only get to play the game plan. Right? I love this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, I actually think uh, Steel just sucks at playing Rumble, and that's okay. That's fine. Rumble is very freaking hard to play. He's not very good at it. He hasn't been able to play a lot of it on stage. This was the first game he was allowed to play on, on stage, and it was not the best performance in the world. It was fine, but it wasn't the performance we had seen on him on other champions at MSI. I think he was on a champion he wasn't particularly uh, comfortable on. He's still good at it, but when I'm saying comfort, I mean this is like borderline maybe breaking into top-level professional, like best in the world, like blabbers, right? This is who he's against. I don't think his rumble's there. I think he got fucked over by the parving. I think he was really lost. And honestly, because of a lot of the issues that we had happen in the jungle, there was a lot of extra factors which forced Kazu to do a lot more on the map than he was normally used to in the game to which also meant like that a lot defensively he really I mean, did I uh, will... it also put Ebby into a spot that just well we saw yeah. what happened to Ebby in that game and uh, after that you just got left with Utapon and Arya who I who who did they who did a really good job in that game and actually Arya and Utapon did exactly yeah. uh, Utapon didn't die till the Gosh, end of the game when they were diving the turret uh, yeah that's kind of my I mean, synopsis. I mean, I think potentially you're a bit bold saying that off one game where everything goes so weird early on. But it's it was the like game that mattered. Step... Sure, but I think saying, oh, this guy's not good at Rumble off a game that 
I think any other jungler yeah, nearly in that situation would have been in the same situation. Sam. Like, I have to and draw actually, conclusions like, like this at some well, point. Well, I, I think results-based analysis on that front is going to screw you over on that one. So I'll, I'll, I'll hard I, contest that. And like, I think I well, suspect any other champion, I think... Until you hard, actually get any the results. I mean, <laughs> I think any other champion in that position would have been in a very similar space. So I think... I think um... I mean, best of one is obviously not great for, for a lot of in-depth analysis. What I will say is that I, I don't mm. think mechanically the rumble was... It wasn't as bad. His, I mean, his particular... equalizers weren't great. They're okay. They're okay, they were okay right? They weren't, they weren't phenomenal. But they but weren't again, Ace then... good. Sure, but then Ace also had some pretty... Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ace had some yeah, good games. No, but like, if I'm going to yeah, compare last, him last to another rumble player in the LJL, Ace is going to sure, be my but then, first like, comparison. But then, but then you have to compare him even... Canyon had some awful ults on stage. I mean, I, I he think did. Oh, for I, me, for I think Canyon me, played really badly. Yeah. So for me, I think what what that game comes down to is not necessarily the mechanical play. I think it does come down to more of a. Yeah, it does come down more to the pathing for me, and more about the early game kind of like balanced out and stuff. And for me, it's more about how DFM didn't really know how to play around not having the early gank pressure of um of something like the Udia, right? Which they look very practiced on. For me, it's more about how DFM looks mm -hmm. about playing around it. And again, it's stuff like where is your big AOEC for the for the equalizer? It's it's in Kazu, but Kazu a bad game had a bit of a bad game. So then I'm like, honestly, that was the kind of game where I would have loved to see a Kiana. Kiana from our from Aria. That because we I mean we mm. one of my favorite oh, moments in our casting of the LJLOU was so back in spring 2020, so last year, Sengoku played uh, a composition which we have lovingly dubbed Kiana Jones and the Carpets of Doom. Doom. Where you had oh, Ray, it was, yeah, yeah. they had Braum, they had I assume like Braum, Rumble, and Kiana Jungle. So they had like, the so they had basically Rumble Kiana support. Jones going Ki Kiana Rumble Jones support. going in with the, the boulders rolling by well not even boulders, but like then you just drop down the, the glacial fissure and the, the, the rumble ult is just like these double strips of like really awkward terrain you have to uh, bypass. Anyway, so the whole thing is like Kiana is something which Aria plays. It, it the problem is you have to blind pick. That, that's the real issue but having something like rumble Keanu is a really good combo for for setting up with aoe cc uh whilst having also mixed damage and a lot of uh wombo also something like Keanu can go dive very easily in mid game doesn't do it early enough maybe for this composition but yeah anyway so it, this there yeah. are a lot of ways that we honestly this is the kind of game which i'd go and vod review and i i there's a lot we can dive into with this and at, i think we've at kind of 0.25 speed right like you want the full four hour yeah. experience yeah i mean i think i think my there. one yeah. thing with this game my one thing with i would have loved to have seen how these drafts play out with a more standard level one because i think that yeah made this game so hard in some I... ways to actually analyze it's like let's say yeah I, I don't know whether steel played that rumble particularly well. maybe he didn't like but the point is actually it's so hard to call when things got so weird so early on i was like yeah the set like zoning people off the wave that didn't work and he ended up down cs because of it. it's mm -hmm. like well yeah but a lot of the but you could see what the setups were and the setups all kind of fell flat for like mm -hmm. various teams because everything ended up so weird so quickly i'll give major credit to uh perks for the yone performance the yone was, was really really so good insane. um and I think it's also a bit of a rough one for Kazu when games are a little bit more kind of, it's hard to know what the next move is. Kazu yeah. always looks a little bit more risky because he just doesn't necessarily know where he's supposed to be. And that makes everyone else a bit job. Also, you know he's going to pick the same four champions. So. And like, and that that's my one frustration with this game is actually C9 through a spanner in the works and the span, C9 play with the spanner in the works much better than DFM did. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that, but, but but what I will say, I think it's just a, for me. That's the one sad thing from this game is that actually I am a little sad that this didn't get to show DFM 
playing to their best with everything kind of well, on the page as you were kind of hoping it was supposed to be. I, I do have the opinion because we brought up Kazu. I, I really do think this game goes very differently if we have Gang in there instead of Kazu. Mm. Just because Gang is very familiar. He he has taken games where it's like, oh god, things are falling apart. Let me fix this because I'm Gang and I can yeah. just land Thresh hooks blind in the middle of nowhere. Well, he can play Thresh. Three man that's boxes. a great addition. <laughs> I mean, that's just another thing, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, and, I mean, Gang doesn't play anything. Huge Rakan player too. And actually, let's go over and actually give our hats over to Kazu and mm. say thank you, Kazu. We are putting our kazoos, or figuratively our kazoos, to the sky. Thank you. Because honestly, in the tweets that we've made about it, no one could have done what you did. No, no Very few coaches can ever say, yeah, I played professional. I then went and became a coach. And now I've stepped back into the the old role I played got the team through on an amazing record, making up for the summer record as well. Let's just put that out there as well. And then goes over to MSI and has a damn good performance. So Well done. Thank you, Kazu. And so just for the record, guys, um, Kazu started being a pro player again, you know, four months ago in, in, um, in January. Yeah. He hadn't played <laughs> since May 2018. Oh, like that's he, he spent that's two silly. years and seven months two and a half years being an analyst like away from the scene that's like if that, that's basically like if sam made a really good point of comparison it'd be like if rainover came back in and tried to play for cloud nine kind of oh, amazing <laughs> amazing amazing came back in, and yeah. played for subbed for one of their teams or something Mythy, like, maybe another we have choice. we you have memed guys. relentlessly on kazu like we that. have but like god damn actually we we were questioning whether his high rolls would be enough to make an impact at this level, or if his ro low rolls would be enough to just lose as a game straight out. And in fairness, the low yeah, rolls did kind of lose as versus Infinity. Not gonna lie, but those high rolls were. Pretty but that damn was good. also Aria to a degree dying at level right. three yeah, or two. Lots of other things going on. Sure. Mix of things. A mix of things. But like, I, I would yeah, I would say actually but most I agree. of them. I mean, there were there are some more like hidden weaknesses of Kazu in terms of like the vision game fell away from them a bit. They didn't have that um, mobility in draft, and I think actually coming into some jungle then, support duo. Yeah, right? That's yeah, a conversation. A lot of stuff lot. like that. I think that the roam timings were actually pretty decent, but then like some of his play around flanks was some of it was really good, some of it was really bad. But actually, I think Kazu didn't do awful, and I thought he would, and that's actually worth saying something. <laughs> no, genuinely is like that—that's a big deal. And like, yes, there were issues with Kazu. Like he put a post up on Twitter saying, "Thank you, Utapon, for dealing with me, and thanks for the rest of the team for dealing with me." Because actually, and the drafts that he I made the drafts <laughs> very yeah, difficult true. for the team because everyone else could play all this stuff. And I basically said, yeah, I can only play Alistair, Rel, uh, Gragas and Set. Gragas and Set. That's all I can play. And like, so, like, real credit to him for, for, for kind of being competitive on the picks he could. And uh, congrats on the rest of the team for kind of dealing with it. Like, kudos to Unipod for dealing with a, a four-trick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I... I, I Oh, out there lose. because as we as as Nymara said we we have oh god i don't know what's happening on my google docs um we have seen a lot of things happen um we we honestly weren't sure if he was going to be able to um even keep up with the other members of dfm the fact that he was able to keep up sure wasn't the best but gosh darn it <sighs> thank you kazu 
Like, I don't yeah, think I many players in the LGA would have been able to do what you could have done, and it was really impressive. Now, uh, gentlemen, we can move over to a different lane from Kazoo up to the mid lane. Uh, let's talk about what we think how Arya did at their first international tournament. Go, we will go to you, Nymera, first. Let him go. They are. Let him go. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, so, like, I'm always going to be biased because Arya is actually my favorite player in League of Legends right now. I I've been like, I'm a Faker fan, first and foremost, in so many different scenarios, but seeing Arya like transition away from the CJ roster, come and be like this, this, this prodigy to try and bring DFM into relevance. The first game was embarrassing. It's um, it's kind of like that stalling. one burned it's, it's, you hard. It's mate. like it's it. Yeah, I was it like, was oh, did people oversell things. this player? Did 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 did, did Nymera oversell this team? And honestly, in that first game, that first death was. It's like stalling at a traffic light. It's like stalling on a roundabout. <laughs> Look, everyone can see it. It's embarrassing. You just you just you know you just idle the engine, you just restart it, and you you go back on right. But um, mm -hmm. after that, Arya had some really good games had some really good games. I think that he was probably the most consistent player outside of actually that first game. And even in that first game, the first half was pretty crap. But you look at the micro plays he was making after, um, he was doing all right because in that first game, it was Solid Snake really just making sure the Renekton couldn't do anything. He still got dives off. And then he was basically just playing on his own for most of that game because they were playing around the Akali instead. I don't actually blame Arya outside of that first death for that game. Um, which is awkward, but it, it it is what it is. I mean, first international game, you mess up your first wave management, kind of awkward. Again, it's the stall of the traffic lights. Outside of that, the fact that he managed to pull off a an Aria, uh, not an Aria game, a LeBlanc game. You see, I just think of the two champions as the same, uh, two, two <laughs> names as the same thing now. Um, he had a really good game versus Perks on, on the Zoe. He had a really good game on the LeBlanc versus Cody as well. You know, he picked skill matchups, and besides that one... Um, mm -hmm. That one uh, game versus Showmaker where he, he kind of fell a bit behind, but it's against the best mid laner in the world in Showmaker. Um, he had a more than adequate first tournament. I think that people are going to have eyes on this guy. And I know that one of the questions in, you know, one of the questions in our Discord even was about how likely is it that um, with Arya's performance, uh, what's the chance that he moves to a major region? There are definitely going to be some questions. There are definitely going to be offers. Sorry about sniggering in the middle of that. Someone was mentioning my pillow is giving me uh, ears a little bit on the back. Yes, of you have cat ears. It's a running joke so. with these chairs, uh, actually. <laughs> which which, which I, I hadn't noticed, and now I have. Um, as to a quick question from chat as well, from uh, Kylie XYZ, just saying, like, asking you, isn't it with a bit of a Zoe one trick? Uh, at the tournament, he was playing it a lot, MSI, but back in the home region, like, the dude literally didn't play any champion more than three times. He's been playing no. absolutely everything under the he, sun. To a he played. Level. He played Zoe the same amount as he played any other champion. Well, like his most played champions from the entirety of the last split. So he did that within six mm -hmm. games. He he he'd already matched his record for that. And again, like I was saying, DFM were using Zoe's almost like unrivaled push at level one to get um like scuttle priority for the likes of Steel on the mm -hmm. Udyr early into the games, and they used it pretty well. I would have liked to see a. I would have liked to see a bit more variety. I think that actually something like a Syndra once or twice might not have been bad. He's a very good Syndra player, and we know he plays a lot of different mid lanes. We know he plays pretty much everything. Like I said, Kiana would have been good to see. But either way, oh. I'd like to see a bit more flexibility in their next um, in the next international yeah. tournament. But I don't think they are. I don't think Zoe was a problem. No, no, no don't worry right. about being All wrong. Right. Like, that's a good question to be asking, especially if you don't know the guy. So there's your there's your answer. Uh, in the tournament, interestingly, he was playing a lot of Zoe, but uh, historically, not so much. So no, no, no stress on the question. All right. So Aria, out of all the wild card players, 
pretty much destroys them when you start looking at stats of any yeah, other minor region well. mid laner. Like, actually destroys them. One, he has the best KDA. If you just want to go at KDA and that you're a KDA person, well, he beats all of them. He actually beats all of them, and he's not far off of everyone that's made it through. Uh, crying doesn't count because he's not well. Group A. Um, uh, but we, what, but we beat Chaz. So, uh, oh, yeah. I mean that you can take that what it is, but Chaz is a very different type of player and everything else. If it comes to CS score, if it comes to gold at 15, he beats all of them. Ladies and gentlemen, Arya is an absolute machine. And this kid is only going to get better. We've started to yeah, see exactly. improvements from his days of CGA moving on to DFM. And this is the start of improvements. Yep. We've heard a lot of echoing around Arya from behind the scenes that he very much would like to stay in the region. The stuff that he did for V3 when mm. they went to Worlds, the communication and everything. Yeah, he he's very much... Year. He's very integrated within the LJL yeah. system. Exactly. We'll have to wait and see what happens with him. But honestly, outside of that one game, and I'm, I, I, I blame Arya a little bit more than Nymera, but that's fair. I'm allowed to. I can have my own opinions. That's it might it. be wrong in Nymera's eyes, but uh, I have my like, own opinions. It was, it was I'm one with bad Alexi moment. On this one. I it, think... was, it was a bad moment, but it is literally just the one moment. Like, it was a really like, it's, bad it's a moment, rough one. Though. It's, it's a rough one. It is a really bad one. But, like, actually outside of that, I think he a... played pretty well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, and, the, and he got his vengeance wanna... when he got to play yeah, against Cody the second time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, 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 and I'll say again, like it wasn't like he had a perfect tournament, and but for a rookie no. debut, he did pretty well. I mean, like certain things, like he had very low kill participation for a mid laner. His DPM wasn't fabulous either. Damage percent share, all, all of those things weren't fantastic. But again, he's up against Showmaker. He's up against Perks. It's that one dodgy Renekton game that doesn't necessarily help those stats. Yeah. Uh, you know, like and it's sort of, but actually. As far as coming into a team uh, and to an international tournament versus that caliber of player, uh, he's got better CSD sort of have... at fifteen than Parks, by the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like again, so there was like some great <laughs> stats in there. Most of his stats are pretty middling, um, but middling to like... above middling, and they went yeah, two and four. He did really well, exactly. And like, but to, to, I mean, like, especially considering a lot of DFM's early play patterns was not around Ari, right? It was very much around Steel and Ebby getting was, as much yes. of an advantage as they can. You know, the, the, you've got to take those into um, into consideration. I'm pretty pleased with Ari's performance. It wasn't world-beating. There were some flaws. There's some things it would have been potentially nice to see a bit more of from him. But considering what, what it could have been, he did a really good job and he had some pretty nice standout moments. Good things hopefully are going to keep going Arya's way and Destination Focus Me's way. Um, let's probably mention Ebi because he was the other big standout player that a lot of media outlets, one, were able to interview uh, because they were able to actually interview him. Uh, Kazu has got a few, I believe. Mm. Utapon, I believe, has only got one or two that Ari I've seen. One of those. Yeah. Uh, Ari got interviewed a couple of times. Steel uh, didn't get interviewed many times. He did get interviewed on the Korean stream. Ah. It's tr we're trying to compile all of it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. If we ever get a playlist of everything, we will try and put it out there somewhere. But it's, it's very difficult because it's all over the place and people don't tweet as well as they should yeah. um, should do <laughs> ebby gentlemen what's your thoughts on ebby and his performance at this world let's go to sam first this time uh i won't take too much too long i think he generally had a phenomenal tournament actually he played a hell of a lot of different champions and played a lot of different styles and made it really really work he had a lot of um resources thrown towards him 
But I think generally speaking, he rewarded the resources being put towards him really, really well. I mm. think so outside of the one dodgy set game where, as we kind of mentioned, certain things really put him in a difficult position, particularly sort of like the way he set up the wave for a dive that then just didn't turn up because Steel was delayed on the clear because of how the level one stuff went because he was chasing blah, blah. You know, there's a long chain of events that made the main Ebby's level, like lane setup a disaster like 20 seconds later. Um and the really ill-advised red buff invade onto Perks, and I know he was a bit desperate, and I know he was just looking to make some plays somewhere it's because everything bad. else was going wrong. <laughs> everything else is pretty good. Yeah. The Nar was phenomenal. The Akali looked good. Um, he looked composed. In some ways, I would argue he was potentially the best performing top laner, or one of the best performing top laners at MSI, certainly in his group. Um, I think probably you have to talk about Xiaohu. You have to talk about Armour, who were really, really good. But I will also say Xiaohu definitely the best wild was in a top. much easier group to make it. Yeah. Definitely the best wildcard top. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I think, I, yeah. I think that Ebby deserves a lot of praise for this tournament. The set game, like we said, a lot of that, I mean, so obviously it looks really awkward when he's doing sit-ups and he's missing CS. But the whole thing is that, so this is what's known as, some call, some people call it the Bwipo. Ebby has actually been doing this for longer than Bwipo. He certainly does it on set, where you just walk behind the enemy wave and you, particularly against tanks, you know that when you have Conqueror, and you can drag them into a stun through their minions. Uh, Set can win any level one trade against a tank. Mm -hmm. So you just force them off of the wave and you say, you are not going to get any XP or CS. I'm going to miss the, C um, the CS myself and I'm going to get XP. And that's why we're saying, if they had managed to pull off a dive and deny Sion the really stacked wave and lose him like a double wave and keep him at level one, well, where Set manages to get um, you know a two level advantage, he's managed to CS off of that too because you just deny the wave, then suddenly you can start snowballing around a very fed anti-tank champion and things go well. It didn't work out. Makes it look the rest of the game looks uh, awkward, and he kind of tilted a bit. It, it wasn't. Yeah. A he game. has four solo kills out of the six games he's played, and he only loses to Zhao Hu when he's tied with the. Uh, well, Zhao also played more screen. games. Zhao also played. Yeah. The actual crap heavy. Oh yeah. my, sorry, yeah. I had to yeah. bring that stat up. That yeah, is just pretty good. Real. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, th there's something to be said. Yeah, there is. Um, there's something to be said about his not. Being something like, well, like how Clyde and I were saying in their interviews post that their last versus DFM saying, we didn't know that Jace could be kept in lane by a Nar. Well, that's kind of because Evie just makes you sweat on weak side. When you're meant to be abusing your strong side matchups, he makes you sweat for it. And he's really mm -hmm. good at just forcing you to go put, put the extra ability into a trade, dodging the extra thing and taking a little mm. bit extra damage. And that is actually largely why DFM could play around topside. DFM's topside was actually remarkably strong. And then, like you said, after he got the... Um, Early advantage versus Khan's gangplank, even he managed to run away and get a load of solo, solo kills in that matchup too. So Evie for me has been an absolute star this torn. One awkward game on that set, but the rest of it and was. Even then, more like fine. some of the late game like attempts from behind, like they did get that one good pick onto Perk, sort of down sure. towards the bot side river. They tried to get something going up at the top tier. Like it wasn't like he just they went down without swinging. It was just it I mean, was already far too I, gone. I, right? I would argue that Evie well, and there was also the awkward like flash Meganar and then like he actually yeah. transforms mid-jump and then he just kind of dies and whatever. But anyway, so a couple yeah, of awkward yeah, moments, yeah. but some of the highest highs of any of the top laners in this group. He's uh, he's angling for best top laner in Group C, actually, out of all this lot. So I think Ebby deserves a lot of praise. And I think the other person that deserves praise for me is Utapon. Obviously, it's not as pronounced, but his having to lane with Kazu and still being a monster on the Kaiser was really impressive to see. So I think we've actually got a lot of praise to chug DFM's way. We already did that with Kazu too, you know? 
We do. We could keep going, but we have to leave it a little bit special for Aria and uh, to a degree, Abby. Um, so uh, let's move on and let's actually talk about something that we um, talked actually a lot when we were doing our co-streams, live viewing. I can't remember the quite correct terminology. Live viewing. Live viewing. Live viewing. Um, yeah, we definitely weren't co-streaming. We'd be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> okay, so that's the terminology. I mean, they can look at our VODs like, <laughs> like we're, not, we're not doing anything that they wouldn't allow. Thank you. Riot, please. We're, we're, we're being good We'd boys. We'd love to. We're great. Um, so, uh, MSI, uh, let's talk about this draft because it's something that we brought up earlier around Kazoo. Utapon has brought it up on Twitter. Uh, the team has very much talked about how uh, this MSI and their drafting was not what they wanted. They were kind of mm. doing what they the best they could with what they have, which I think, honestly, when you add that, like, like, crowbar into the mix like it really does sound like jam dfm were playing with like huge weights like like training weights while they were doing this they have to play certain drafts so they can facilitate all um, well, certain members they of can, the so team. they can get and something then they do this so they, so they can facilitate something from it's, support particularly it's one of the same issues they have with seros right where you know he's going to oh, probably go yeah. towards the same three or four champions seros was Utapon must have been like, so happy for a period yeah. of time, and then he was like, what? That was one of the confusing <laughs> yeah. things about Seros, actually, is that occasionally he'd had just have another pick, and you're like, oh, he's playing a Where Zir did this now? come from? Where, where did yeah. it Why is this a Zir mm. gone missing all this time? He plays Zir really well Zerath? now. Wow. Why is he playing Zerath? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and the Zerath was really good and really bad in the same... same oh, oh, gosh. Anyway, so uh, the thing about Zeros. luckily, the meta supported his champion pool. If we'd had an Enchanter meta before MSI came in, DFM would have been stone dead last. If we'd seen a return to Juggermore, if we'd seen Rakan be more of a priority pick, Easy. it's it's it was going to be rough. So I think bringing back in Gang for Summer opens up so many options on that front, in the same way that bringing in Arya also opened up more options. Um, I think that there is a lot to take from how well he played on his champion pool, but I'm... Th I, on I mean, Gang coming back in is a huge yeah. upgrade for this team. And I think that Once if they come in, in confidently, I think their drafts are going to be much better. Once Gang comes in, I'm of the opinion that DFM can actually play pretty much any meta that comes yeah, up. Yeah, I completely agree. Because they have champion oceans in every Probably. single role. Yeah. Uh, you could arguably be like, well, maybe Steel is technically the weakest one because he can't play every single champion in the mm. jungle. And it's like, well, yeah, you're not meant to play jungle Janna. Who the fuck are you, mate? No, well, I, mean, I, I, I will say, yeah, I think, I think jungle tends to be one of those roles where... Aside from when it was the super carry jungle oh, friend yeah. of uh, carry chat jungle matter of like 2019, where you just play everything damaging in the jungle, um, jungle matters often been quite constrained. Like, really, like, you know, think of the holy trinity of jungle. So it was like Rexy, Elise, Lee Sin for years. I mean, uh, it was Lilia, Graves, pretty much all in Italy, all of last year. Yeah. A lot of it, he like, still figured stuff out though. Exactly, and 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 exactly. So like that's always that been a thing. And, and I, you remember and I, that Kindred initialize? Oh yes, I do. The Kindred in so. spring playoffs versus versus Sengoku. Every time it got yeah, locked in, do you remember the finals? Do you remember the finals? So, so, kindred was my favorite. So, so again, so, so, so last so last spring, Sengoku actually slapped DFM really hard, and they were like Psh, beat them in the Juggernaut match as second seed to first seed. D then DFM go drop into the lower bracket, and then they they win against V3 and they come back up to the top. And you told me actually had played Misfortune for like the entirety of spring, and then the Kindred comes in, and when Ruined. he sat down to ult, he Ruined. just hops over a wall and just yeah, Mutoro's like Nani. 
He just dies. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hang on. It's like, I've, you I've have altered my lamb's respite. This has not been a good trade. Wait, no, it's a... None of you. I just love the idea when, um, what was it? They, uh, they, because Sengoku beat them in the Juggernaut match, they then go to the lower oh, bracket, steal their go, they nah, goes, hey guys, we're gonna start playing Trundle. Makes Trundle look like an absolute broken mess. And then Sengoku and Blank is like, oh, we have to now do it. And then Blank's like, yeah. ha ha, I can now take the Trundle. And yeah. they go, uh, Steel's like, you activated my trap card. <laughs> and, and it was the most dire thing to watch. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Um, Gentlemen, what do we think? How are we going to look back in history? Because this is now really how we're going to be doing it. Um, Our thoughts on DFM's overall performance at MSI. Are we disappointed? Are we overwhelmed? Uh, what? Where are is, you guys at? And who would like... Okay, go Nomara. It is going to be something that gets better with time. Because this, coming fresh off of it, it hurts. It sucks because we thought there was a chance and there was a you chance. You can just watch our, our live exactly. video. But I think if we then give it a month or two and then we look back at it, look at how we thought they were going to do, I think we're going to get see it increasingly more and more positively, especially with the Kazu factor involved. And again, like Kazu was actually, he outperformed our expectations and we're very glad of that. But honestly, what a trooper. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that this will only get better with time. It sucks for now. And if, again, Damwon goes on to win the tournament, C9 has a good showing, I think that will, again, add a lot of um, good good vibes into it for us. What about you, Sam? Um, objectively, better than expected. I mm. think it's probably the way to put it. Like We did look better than Infinity. Honestly, we were taking it to Cloud9 and Damwon here. And in some ways, we were a bit unlucky not to take at least one game off Damwon. And the second game versus C9 had a lot of other caveats to it that uh, put DFM in a very difficult position very early on into the game, right? Um, so, like, there's all these things you go, actually, that's a dumb loss to Infinity, a really frustrating loss to Damwon Kia, and a crazy level one versus C9. The other games were all wins or really close. Like, so, what I'm right, hearing is when Gam dropped out, our DFM's actual practice partner and a lot of scrims mm. from that's what it, we've heard, um, DFM should have actually been in Group A and we would have got it. out. Wow. Uh, Same. That's... Probably would have been a decent chat. So, I mean, like, um, um, my, my, my view on it is, is that we probably barely miss out on Group B just because PSG are also strong. I think it's close, mm. but I think PSG we barely are very miss strong. Yes. Yeah. I think maybe yeah, we right. may, yeah, maybe we sniper went off of uh, Mad instead, right? But maybe PSG 2 0s. I think that B probably a bit too much he's just as there. almost a, as hard as this a we almost certainly get yeah. out of i like i think my, my one th my one thing with b is i think mad f nearly threw in so many games and that would give more opportunities for That's dfm true. to pick up wins there so i'm saying like actually you know i think probably c9 psg not dissimilar mad c9 not dissimilar but i think largely damn one at least when it comes to clutch moments probably better than mad where mad like were like throwing and taking amazing fights and throwing like back and forth and back and forth again, which potentially would have made those that group at least it would have been volatile, is what I would have said, in mm. a way that I think group C was yes. almost less so. Um, I, I but but I, I agree, it still not be it wouldn't have been a guarantee in group B. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am going to look back on this MSI and I think I'm going to be very pr proud of the LJL yeah, okay. overall. I'm still frustrated, um, I think. <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, I remember the moment um, that it felt like when we were like, yeah, this game's over. In the C9 game, I was like, I just I just want to turn everything off and just have a little sob. Maybe I won't cry, but I just <laughs> want to be alone and feel sad. But no, I, I went just over just for a little bit. the next like, game, I... watched the damn one game, and then I was like, God, like, Nymera, you can have the stream. I ain't going to watch this Dia yeah. Infinity C9 nothing match. I yeah, I mean, th there there is something to be said about, like, we're sad that we don't get to continue these storylines further as well, particularly because there was some interest yeah. in our region, you know, but we did manage to do a lot more than that than World's Plains last year, right? Where V3 had, like, Very one true. game where they were relevant and then just, like, fell by the wayside. So, a lot of good things boomed? to take from it. It boomed. A little bit boomed. Uh, big boom. Um, so, gentlemen, our final main topic before we move over to questions. What? is our expectation. At this point in time, we don't know any roster swaps just for anyone listening to this, maybe back in time if they're coming in to prep them, prepare themselves. We don't know of any what roster swaps. We assume everything is staying at the status quo. Bit of context for anyone that is new to the LGL. Welcome. Um, stuff did change between spring and summer of last year. Mm -hmm, so yeah. uh, be CGA aware changed while we are playing... Um... Uh, uh, Axis changed um, rosters. Rascal just had a lot of people. Ra uh, Rocky Visa screwed Burning a lot Core. of teams. Basically, yeah. Burning Core lost their mid laner. Rocky retired, and then they brought in UGO. UGO. Um, so there are things that can definitely happen. This is not and we the don't first know until a couple of days before the start. The split starts. The, the rosters don't tend to be publicly yeah. announced, even if the contracts have been signed, until like a few days before. Um, the split starts, so that makes us making content for the region a bit harder because again, we don't have a lot of lines in with the the actual LJL itself um, yet. So, no asking about potential roster. You can ask. We can try and say, oh, that would be a good move, but that's probably a topic for another podcast because this is. Uh, yeah. But uh, yes. so for our expectations moving into the next bit on worlds, um, there should definitely be some very exciting matchups. One people um the other root teams in the LJL who were beating DFM before and were looking competitive in some games they're now going to have to deal with the beast the exodia that we've all been talking about um i'm going to set the expectation for DFM my personal expectation for DFM with exodia i want a perfect split it won't happen but i want it i want it in the regular i'm okay with them dropping games in BO5s and stuff by the way i'm i'm completely okay yeah. with dropping one there I want a regular BO1 split undefeated. It, I, it won't happen. It won't. It's very unlikely. Rascal Jesters will get a game. Well, yeah. And there are also a couple of teams which will just like coin flip on early plays and get like a crushing advantage. Um, so, right, which... so for me, that stuff like if CGA with Cassin play their early style and just dive yeah. top relentlessly and they manage to win some TV2 or if Sengoku yeah. managed to have their Aphelios thrash lanes like pop off again and just like run across the map or the Callista mm -hmm. games again I yeah. I think we might because the, 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 the running meme of the LGL since 2020 in the format changed to double round robin but rather than the triple round robin was first place just always gets 12 and 2 it's just how it works yep we've had that three splits in a row now so I think that we might see a 13 and 1 there's a chance of that, but a full perfect split. No, 14-0! I don't, I don't, I'm, I just I, don't think it'll happen. I'm I just, just don't saying, think I'm expecting a Lucian Akali draft one time. Exactly, like, that's where, the thing. I just think they're going to basically go, screw it, There's, there, there will be an arrogant they, draft they, they at are, some They point. are the LGLG too. Just occasionally, they draft something completely shit. 
Like I, 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 mean, I, I will sit there screaming at my screen, but I'm just there like occasionally they just don't do and it and right, I, and, like, and they'll win with that bad draft like two out of three times, but they'll still bad draft badly. I mean, like on top of that as well, like I think that's not a bad shout out, Lexi. And the other thing is I'll say, and I put this out is supposition rather than fact. Uh, we already okay. know yeah. that yeah. DFM and the LJL are already scrimming with people like the VCS on a regular basis and doing pretty well there. Uh, I, know I you're think after this. MSI and basically da- and DFM I saying, agree. yeah, we can push these guys. And this was when we had a coach for support. Imagine mm. what the practice we could bring to people like maybe some of the LPL or the LCK teams who aren't yeah. that far away as far as scrim partners go. So from um, what we understand, there is a little bit of LCK. Well, like not LCK, it's like Challenger League. Mm. Occasionally teams yeah. will scrim some of the Japanese teams. What Initialize is trying uh, is saying is the sh- big dick teams now will yeah, actually... Yeah, but it wouldn't be a regular thing, but maybe like once oh. a month ago, this could be interesting. Particularly coming up to MSI and stuff. And the other thing is I, I think like particularly say the LPL has a lot of strength and depth. Yeah, uh, that you know, actually, you can get a mid-tier LPL team and get some good practice out of Hasn't it. Hasn't the LDL been suspended though, the secondary lead because uh, of match fixing? Yeah, stuff. the LDL is on its way to bit. There's some articles that came out during this podcast actually. Oh, uh, really? really? Interesting. Uh, yeah. oh, interviews Link- with some of the guys who've been doing some of the because uh, of the punishment. Like, like the punishment's yeah. the wrong term, but like the like the tribunal kind of stuff. Yeah, that kind of yeah. deal. Like the, the ones who've been investigating. Um, is this the UK um, investigations group, or is this oh, a separate I'm, I'm, one? I'm, I'd need to look over the articles because I, I know yeah, some yeah, stuff's yeah, come yeah. out. I only know the UK it. people um, mostly do CS:GO. I, I think it was also like it was like that. some some justifications and answers to why certain players who sure. came forward to assist the investigation got off more lightly because they were yeah it's co- cooperation and stuff. Yeah, but basically, I, I think not to go completely off topic, but as far as the argument, I saw briefly having glanced at it on Twitter when I was putting things out earlier. Um, I think the argument was basically going that. Um, this is the first time they've put these punishments out. And so they were mm-hmm. going to say, this is the precedent they're setting that if people come right. forward to assist and whistleblow, uh, even if they've yep. been somewhat involved, they'll be lenient towards them. Is, is yes. what the. Uh, okay. So yeah, FPX's new jungler, bow, that kind of deal, exactly. Bringing it back to our expectations, I expect DFM as well with full Exodia to comfortably make it back to yep. worlds out of the LGL. If There's any no team. If any team starts to push DFM, one, the level of play from that team must be respected. Because unless DFM are running it down with their drafts, like we had seen before, um, there should not be a reason. If a team is able to push them, they will also start getting respect, and they also might be getting better scrims, which means, guess what? It's a trickle-down effect, ladies and gentlemen, and this is how the whole region gets better so as long as as long as as long as we don't again because i know someone was saying um one of the people said what potential korean imports can be brought to the lgl to level up the region i don't care about new talent coming in you just have to keep them around for more than a season we had that with archer boogie blank uh blank stayed for a little bit longer but Pyrian, Pyrian. um a load of other players just kind of come in and go out you gotta make them stay because if they don't stay, you don't actually get them continually feeding their experience and like learning the ecosystem of the LJL. If they just come and leave and just do their stint and go, like it doesn't actually help the region. It's why I am very happy that someone like Honey and Nation and Kasin, Honey is, I think, a really yeah. good one. Had a had his first split, did not have a great first split. Guy's a great player in solo queue. We've seen some very big moments out of Honey. 
if he stays around, we'll have to wait and see. Like, there are definitely a lot of import coming in. Like, Gango's been here for the longest time, and he's definitely shown that he has a place here in the LJL and definitely does raise the level of play overall. We're going to have to see how that goes on, though. Gentlemen, we are pushing the time a little bit, so I would love to move us over to our question time. What's if me? anybody out there has any questions in the Twitch chat, please ask them now. We'll probably compile a list of a few of them. We're going to go through our questions that are on podcast questions. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you have any questions for us around the LJL League of Legends or whatever, we you can ask us over in the Discord. So I'm just going to quickly run through. We're going to read out the question and then we'll either say we've answered it or not. So we've got Ishiki. Hello, Ishiki. Um, ask us, with the current form of DFM, do you guys re uh, do you guys think they will repeat the same achievement of the LJ in summer and then exceed expectations at Worlds by qualifying for the next round of Worlds? So we'll answer the second part of this question from Ishiki. Are DFM assuming things and the trajectory keeps going up, will they make it out of play-ins? Will the LJL finally do it? Without first seeds, though, if you have... So, I mean, it depends if it's the format we had last year. Because mm -hmm. I think I think we are better than the other minor region teams now. I think mm -hmm. we can show that. The question is, yeah. does the meta... Okay, if we took this meta with these teams and put them into a play-ins format, DFM makes it out. They make yeah. it out. Um, I mean, the problem is, do you be LCK fourth seed or VCS or PCS second seed? That's a bit more questionable. I think they probably make it out not as first. I think they make it out through like the second, third, like best of five kind of thing, though. Mm. What about you, Initialize? I think we're in with a really good shout. I think the fact we pushed Cloud9 and Damwon, yes, not necessarily on yeah. their greatest form, but even so, did so very aptly. Uh, mm -hmm. gives me a lot of hope, especially because it was Kazu. And basically, there has always been this statement that I have said, and it's become a bit of a mantra for us here on the LJLOU, that basically goes, you must be this mechanically tall to ride the international roller coaster. Very much. The thing that DFM proved this MSI is they are more than tall enough to ride the international roller coaster mechanically. That has not now a question in my mind. Ebby, Steel, Aria, Utapon are all good enough mechanically to make the cut, to make the international grade. Gang, I know will be up there. Has already proved it. Yeah, really. exactly. So at that point, it's just a question of well, where are we at meta-wise, where are we at uh, style-wise, all no, that, that kind of jazz. We can't. And, and, and we can't guarantee that. But even so, I think we are in with the best shot we've ever had. Um, and I think teams should be afraid, even if we got to group stage. I think that DFM team is a dark horse to get out of a group. I'm, I'm going to give the real quick five second hot take. Yes, and if they don't, huge disappointment. Yep. Um, EX Kirby, hello, sir, fellow Newcaster with myself and Nymera. <laughs> um, this is actually a question for you, Initialize. It's a weird oh. one. Um, they've asked you, how boosted is Nymera's ego right now? Uh, I actually have to sleep in the back corner of my room. Right. Uh, we share a flat, for those who don't know. He is my brother. Uh, and at the minute, his ego oh, no. is taking up oh. the extra space. Uh, uh, no, don't breathe. Uh, breathe. Uh, good. Uh, oh, good oh, God, no. Breathe. Get him out of there. Get him. <laughs> he needs a shower, mate. It's a bit smelly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did that answer oh, your question? He punched me. <laughs> yeah, of course it did. Get out of here. Oh, God. Oh, brotherly love. Isn't it a great thing? Um, Pudgy 
Oh, so I'm just going to move on. Uh, Pudgy asks us, what are the chances of DFM winning versus C9 on the second round roll? So what were the chances? We'll go mathematically for that. I want you to give the percentage for that one. And what are the good and bad things that DFM did in We've that match? We've already that. covered that part. So we, I just want to know, what were your mathematical chances? Because we've been doing a lot of this on Twitter, the three of us. What were your chances mathematically going into that second round, Robin? Especially seeing C9 on that form after beating Dan one. Um, I think 40%. Okay, 40%. Maybe even I, 50. I, I think that C9 had the advantage. Um, so percentage, it is 40, 35 to 40% DFM win. Um, and again, going into the reasons for that, I think that DFM have done very well. Let's not go it. too long on the yeah, reasons. No, we've me, got a lot of me, stuff to go yeah. through. For me, again, it's more like the whole kind of like how much stuff you got in the tank, but it's also like in terms mm. of their relatively le relative levels, it's much easier in a second round Robin to catch up to a stronger team or a team that you perceive to do better rather than try and continue yeah. on your own right with nothing really to kind of like match yourself above you, right? So I think DFM had pulled out a lot of good stuff in the first week and C9 kind of fixed a lot of their issues, which were quite obvious, whereas DFM, it wasn't quite obvious what they should be doing to prep. So I think that I was a bit worried about that anyway. So 35%, 40%. It's something you said on the extra cast, I think, really um, comes mm. back here, where you mentioned the break, the three-day break, probably helping C9 more than anything yeah. else, I think is really good. Um, I was actually slightly lower than both of you, even though I had a higher percentage overall for all of it before we started. Mm. I'm actually staying with my 30%. I was still very unsure, especially after beating damn one. I was a little worried. Yeah. And I'd say like like DFM were making some sloppy like micro mistakes. There were some advantages that they were getting through good Achievable macro but hard. that they that they were dropping yeah. things they shouldn't have been doing. Kazu as well, you know, had, w w was doing some things, but like actually, if the game's not in a great space, he he just sometimes can just die a bit too much, and that means you're relying on other people to be your regular engage and stuff, and that can be a bit risky, especially with the jungle meta not being as engaged focused it has been for the whole like season thus far like morgana's sort of in there but she's secondary pick not really primary pick with how dark binding works um yeah so so yeah i, I think 40 percent of shout i could have seen in the argument for 50 percent because dfm still look pretty cool. strong and yeah yep that's fair. all right let's move on very swiftly we've got a lot of things to go through very quickly um go so Chimo, us, us, what are the chances that we see DFM's roster next year? I think it's about 20%. Mm. Honest opinion, I think it's 20%. We see this full lineup again after at Worlds. It's mm. the same reason I, that Supermassive fell mm. apart from the TCL. Keeping a super team in a minor region just is hard. It's so hard. You don't get And this is my honest this. opinion. This is I my honest, raw well, opinion. I mean, well, obviously, I'll, again, there's, there's a similar mm. kind of question. Is, is the LJL even going to be around in a couple of years because of how the minor regions have been integrated into the, the greater league ecosystem, right? Yep. So there's a chance that DFM mm. falls apart because the LJL falls apart. I think it's it's higher than it would be on another org. I think DFM does again have some loyalty to it and some bonuses to it. And you know, Jack. I'm pushing you. What's the answer? Twenty five percent, slightly higher. Okay. Than you. I I think you guys are being a little bit pessimistic there. I think it's about fifty percent. Okay. Uh, reason being that actually a lot of those DFM players have been there for a long time now. That's like true. that's a long, long, long time. I've already talked about not how Aria like though, and, which is my uh, concern. Person, might be a little be bit honest. longer to go away. Yeah, you're right. But I'll also say that. Unless Arya is being offered a pick by like a top tier LCK team or a top tier EU or LCS team, why would he leave? <laughs> like, I, I, um, I'm of the opinion that this might be Sam, where he if, goes. What, what if he goes to Afrika, Sam? 
Yeah, I, that's, that's my argument. That's the reason I put it as a 50-50, because I could see him actually taking the gamble to mm. go back to Korea, especially if he gets a good offer. Um, on the other hand, I can also see that actually if they do well at Worlds and the team is good and he's already quite likes the LGL and seems to be quite invested from what we've seen, yeah. he might want to stick around and play there well, especially if he feels just, the team is good. Just quickly interjecting, Sam, are you an Afrika fan? Oh, that, I, do, I was just asking, because that's why I thought Alex might have brought no, up. I mean, like, uh, so someone someone teams, had asked like, me this question before, personally, years, but... and they'd said, actually, maybe Ari will be a really good um, stylistic yeah, pickup I for Afrika, and I actually agree, because I think Keen is not I really mean, similar to Ebby either as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll have to wait and see about that. I just thought it was more of a, a, a thing towards Sam being a fan of that and go, get the org that he likes and pull him in. Because, I mean, we know we want Arya to replace Faker for you, Nymera. So I mean that that's that's how it works. Replace Kami. Alex's with... heart will be torn in two. They wouldn't know what to do. Uh, true. Kanak asked asked the gentleman, do you think that esports will evolve to have more traditional sports uh, mentalities, like a hell of Naka, frame, like it's like a hell of frame. Ah, Naka, right. Um. So do we think esports will evolve into a more traditional sports mentality? Uh. That's a really wide question um i actually think we might have to come back to that another day gentlemen um, so, the, so will, it, will it have traditional sports mantles like hall of fame yeah this is a really wide topic i think we could talk a lot longer on this i, than I actually think minutes. that as, the wider as, league as it stands yes as, as it as it stands we, i don't think we're going to have a collated hall of fame i don't think it's esports is too divided you, you don't have you don't have that. You might have it within like Riot Hall of Fame or the Blizzard mm. Hall of Fame. I don't think we're going to have a wide one. I think it's too difficult for uh, that. I mean, there are the esports awards, and maybe that gets big enough to do something, especially if uh, you end up with more third party like tournament organizers and broadcasters getting involved. Yep. So, like ESL does some stuff, maybe that way, maybe. But otherwise, I suspect you might be right. I think we would have like a League of Legends Hall of Fame, it would probably be more likely. Yes. Uh, Nico Sama. Uh, actually, that's just their name. They've changed their name again on Discord. Uh, <laughs> I recognize the profile picture. I'm like, I recognize that profile picture. Um, ask us how well with how well Arya has played um, and showed at MSI. What are the chances he moves to a major region like Korea or NA? Well, we've just answered that exact question. So we will move on to our next one as well. Uh, Elfin asks us, what should DFM be doing to prepare for next split? Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, Gentlemen. that's really hard to answer. Because yeah. we've seen historically people try and do different things. Remember TSM back in like season six, seven? They tried in one year, one season, to try and play... Oh, was it one split? Well, they tried to play, like, the same composition over and over and just get their one composition really, really well done. And then they realized that they couldn't be... They couldn't flex internationally. And then they tried to play everything, and then they couldn't play a single style effectively. Mm. I think you just need to focus on closing out games very rigorously. Like... Get your vision in place. Make sure you are doing all of your homework in terms of how do you dive effectively? How do you save games with early jungle pathing and stuff like that? And just make sure you're thinking on the fly. Like, yeah, all the stuff like that. I, I you think, have to I, practice those basics. I think you also have to look. I think you just got to take these VODs you got from MSI, those practices you got from MSI, and treat them as gold dust. Not necessarily for individual meta bits, but for things like, you know, like, um, how do we compare for Scuttle Crabs? Because 
Holy moly, will these top teams make sure they're getting their junglers somewhere useful in the, in the game. Like, you do not go to an international event at the minute where Canyon or Way or Blabber are being left out to dry over Scuttlecraft. So while the C9 were, and they looked horrendous in the first week partly because of it. Um, so, like, these kind of things where you take those VODs and you take these bits and you go, okay, we just need to make sure we are ready for the kind of heavyweight fights we'll be going into. Uh, in terms of like those bits and pieces and how quick you are to certain things and like the things that you realize went wrong on a I'll call it a generic point of view like things that will apply across matters like vision setups to an extent dives to an extent uh dragon setups like things that like yes there will be nuances to change with champions and the rest of it and how prioritized certain objectives are but at the same time like those things you can definitely look okay we were scrimming against damn wonk here and we got this lead but we only got 2k it should have been 4k what went wrong how um those kind of things but that's just standard vod review stuff that i feel like dfm will be doing anyway i don't sure but that's part of what you want to go to an international tournament for anyway because it's all well no no saying, i like, don't i don't disagree i just feel done. like elfin was probably trying to probe us to see if there was anything that wouldn't be immediately thought of like doing VOD reviews and figuring out micro things where they could have done better. I, think, I, I don't I know good, outside good, of maybe there's, scrimming there's, LCK teams. There's a good comment in chat actually about reforming Hopefully. synergy with Utapon and Gang. I think that's important. Mm. I think actually what you do Ooh. is you try... I think what you that's do fair. this next split is also not just practice your topside drafts, but practice playing 2v2 crush yes. bot drafts mm. as well. Yeah. Give yourself you, you the options. Just give yourself the options. Like thus far, they've been pretty good at playing the styles they've been doing, but they've been largely mid or top or mid and top just um gang up bot but that's not necessarily the same as playing bot side focus is i'm just going to teleport down mid and start a fight down there it's not quite the same as it does. playing strong side bot weak side top uh, i'm practicing that's going to be a big 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 deal especially if you want to make the most of it of your roster i'm um, playing we'll, weak side top we'll have to see how dfm perform honestly uh i mean i think there's just so much logistics and stuff in the back end that we just don't know yeah. and aren't privy to so uh it's a tough one uh Kyle3XYZ asks us in the Twitch chat. Uh, well, no, it's Kyle3. Gotcha. They, 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 it's not, it, it, there's a three. Oh, okay. There's a three there. Okay. That's, that's, I, did... I double, I, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think the Rumble, not the champ, um, but the second round, meta will stay the same or will it change? Inevitably. Change. Uh, till Friday. I imagine it will change, slash uh, evolve and become a bit more safer. Honestly. Every time there's a play-in stage and it goes into group stage, some big picks are found to either be very wanting or much more able to be played by your top teams which get through. Um, mm. So I think stuff like Rumble will be much higher priority and better than we've seen in the group, st in, in the group stage. I think stuff like potentially something like Lee Sin falls off, actually, because it doesn't bring something that we, we you need from another top laner. I'm not sure what that's going to be. I think it's going to be mainly in in the jungle champion pool again, that we're going to see a lot more weird stuff come out. I think that we might see some more kindred or whatever. But again, even look at like, just as every time that a, a, a tournament progresses, people find answers to the strongest picks. Like it was like, mm. remember Caitlyn Zyra back in yeah. season six oh. worlds? Kate Zyra back in season six worlds, and then people were like, oh, we can just play Misfortune support. Oh, we could always, and then it was Ash coming out to counter the Caitlyn as well, because actually Ash could answer that. Um, mm. Isn't there enough prior Morgana Rumble? Yes, but until those champions are found to be wanting into certain matchups, if suddenly there are players which can play Kindred into Morgana and really punish it, mm -hmm. we might see a fall off on Morgana. Yeah. 
that's what we need to see. There'll probably be a couple of games where we're trying to play the group stage meta, and then suddenly this... picks are going to come up chance it. I mean, a lot something that why I was partly flaming a little bit, um, and I'm pun included oh, around room. the rumble, um, flame included, um, around steel is because something that Mark actually said on with his post game review with Travis Mark, Gafford, yeah. um, Mark Zimmerman, mm -hmm. if, if anyone's yeah. not familiar with me, just saying the name repeatedly, um, he was of the opinion that he thinks rumble giga broken. But no one's very good at it, or not many of the professional mm. players. And, and his point, done well. his point was like, Nidalee, they've been playing and got thousands of games on. Rumble, probably a few hundred. Just the sample size of their familiarity and stuff and yeah. situations and scenarios seem. Um, he was of the opinion that Rumble's going to see a fall off because he's just like, he's champ hard? hard? Why he's not play like... easy champ? Well, and Rumble's I mean, there is like, a bit of Rumble's... weight for that. Yeah, like I don't think it's Rumble is hard per se. I mean, he's just really different. Like there's yeah, just no other champion that's... that's like him. Somewhat and like fair. and if you and if you don't get him, like particularly the heat management, like managing your heat on Rumble is like the whole jam. And like using his equalizer, right? Because like the way you like drag and push it is super odd. Mm. Is like is very different. So if you get it, that's great. But otherwise, like actually coming into a stage game with say. 40 games and solo queue on it, plus some occasional scrim time if it's not been banned. Isn't that great? So I can kind of agree. Like, if you're confident on it, if you're way, fine. Uh, if you're Canyon in the first 20 minutes, fine. Um, if you're Blabber and are saying, yeah, I can't play this, just give me Morgana. Also fine, but just be aware. Like, it's one of those ones which I think will be very player dependent, at least for now. It will be. Yeah, I, I can easily see, especially if Rumble stays meta, we're going to start seeing some God Rumble players. And I, I do also that. think Steel could be that God in the LJL. Yeah, I've been um, following his just... solo queue stuff, and he's been really good on the champion solo queue. Like, it's oh, yeah, his solo queue was so sick to watch. Um, I'm actually going to say this is going to be the last question because we've been doing sure. questions for almost we're 20 minutes, and, uh, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's go. EX Kirby with a follow-up question to end us out, gentlemen. Who makes the League of Legends Hall of Fame? I think I think we should just put one player that people wouldn't think of for the Hall of Fame because there's a from lot the LGL of LGL or just in general. Ah, uh, I mean if we want to say LGL or we can say in let's, general. If you... let's let's say LJL just because it's more relevant to us, because I think globally, yeah. like you're probably putting most of your SKT members Uzi Froggen uh, and a couple Frogs, of Alex Alex Perks, uh, Frog Reckless mm, X Special uh, Bjergsen Double Lift. Bjergsen Double Lift Sneaky maybe Sneaky ETS probably maybe actually high. too High maybe well high maybe yeah, probably. I don't know. Wei Zhao. Loads of stuff. So let's go for an LJL one, because that's too wide-ranging for the rest of the world. It's just way too much. And if it's eSports, then you've got to go to stuff like... Yeah. Um, you got to do, yeah. do stuff like CSGO and, and, and your StarCraft and stuff like that, too. So Forest, let's go from LJL. Yeah. Um, who's, who, who do we pick out of all... Because I think your shortlist is probably... Oh, no, what is, what's the shortlist for you guys? If you're going to go down to five players and narrow down from that. I'm just going to go with one, and we'll go from that. I mean, it's pretty, it's, uh, I mean, it's pretty. I mean, it's DFM's historical roster, <laughs> right? Uh, um, hmm. I think I know. In uh, I mean, there's the really obvious ones, which is you're meant to go for, technically for the Hall of Fame. They are the most memorable mm. names. Uh, all right. I, I'll throw one out here. Go on. You throw the first people, one out there. So I think now he's retired. Yutori Mashi is a straight. I agree. Here. That's a good shout, actually. 
There you go. That's a good shout. Because AD Gary. I think he's player. kind of on the very precipice though, because he didn't have much international success. And it's kind of like he had oh, very who good. Did in have international experience from, from the that's Arsenal, what though. Like, what, but how can you be like saying they deserve to be? Oh, right, I suppose international hall of fame. Okay, well then. Eddie. Oh, I mean, okay, okay so like, out, out, oh, is this? Are we just doing an uh, LJL hall of fame, or no, that's are we doing fair for for the whole thing? Yeah, in that case, probably. Well, it has Eddie to be Abby then. Fair, yeah. Has to be Abby. I Maybe think Abby, and I think you took Utapon. Utapon. Abby and Utapon. I think Saros has been fun. Like the thing is though, like he's actually inspired so many people. Every time I've been looking mm. at the comments across all the different Reddit posts as you do, right? Um, from people the LGL when it comes down to these, people are missing Saros. People misses Heimerdinger. People misses like two one v two outplays and shit like that. And the fact that he could be internationally warping draft because of his champion pool—that's so cool. I think for me it's Ebby. It is, but I think that behind, I think for me it's Ebby Utapon Saros. I think that's for me. Uh... I think I agree. I think I agree. That's probably fair. And I think, and I'll be honest, until we start seeing some more from the LJR, I don't actually think there's anyone else you can really say. I think Utori's a fair shout, um, but it's if, if it's if you're doing just LJL, then he's an easy shoe in. If you start going a bit wider and LJL's allowed to have one representative, it's like, yeah. Gonna be tough, buddy, to say that if this it's Hall of Fame year... players that have retired, it has to be Yutori Miyashi. Like out yes. of the LGL. Oh, That's 100%. the thing, it has to be, really. But yeah. I don't even know if there's many retired players that can actually even stand a candle to what Yutori's done in the region. Kazu, obviously. Fair. Maybe. <laughs> Damn it, why is that such a good call? <laughs> I don't like this. With that. Bombshell. It feels like a bit of a bombshell you've just done to me, Alex. Um, that is going to be the end of the LJLOU podcast, episode 17, our post MSI thoughts for the LJL. Initialize, how are you feeling now that we're at the end of this podcast, the end of LJL's MSI performance? Um, like I'm still the best play by play cast you're ever going to listen to. Uh, ego aside, um, and well, like, you know, like, What's the word like? Um, imposter, imposter syndrome. I can't remember. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. I had a word for that. I don't anymore. Okay. We're gonna go. Um, pretty good. I think that's been a good clarifying series of thoughts to kind of figure out exactly how I did feel about those groups. And largely, pretty damn impressed. Excited for Worlds. Nice job, DFM. I'm sad you didn't make it through, but mm. my day did you make DFM and damn one kiss wet for it. Nightmare. No, yeah, like I said, the psychology of it is actually kind of rough because we did so well in the first couple of games. It, well, I mean, besides the first one, but like I guess in the first round, Robin, I came out with hope. I allowed myself to hope, got a bit crushed, and I, I, I knew I, I, I allowed myself to get excited, and that was the problem. But um, the LGL excites me as a region. I'm always very interested um, by this region. That's why we keep covering it. Can't wait for summer, honestly. Bring on worlds. Bring on the worlds. Bring on the LJL summer split. Bring on the competition because DFM are going to be hungry for it and we'll have to wait and see how it well and truly does pan out. As always, ladies and gentlemen, if you are out there, you can catch an audio version of this podcast on all Indeed. audio streaming platforms. If you, you are listening or watching on YouTube, like, wow. comment, and Nymera, subscribe. He said the thing. Oh. 
say the word Nymera. But with that said, for myself, Initialize and Nymera, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you all very, very soon. And on that bombshell, <laughs> goodbye.